nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a Golf Passport cardholder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Was the beer show conducted from this studio last night? Uh, but the beer show was conducted from that studio, the main studio. Who likes to use my little chair? Who would want to use my little chair? Well, there are all it? these nice chairs in here. Yeah, I, I know I would not. That would drive me crazy because you're low riding in that chair. Well, but they raise it. Why wouldn't they just shove I it aside? Know. I don't know. What is it, 89 degrees? 89 degrees, sir. Oh, it's just a summer day, isn't it? Yeah, speaking of the beer show, a nice cold... Mm. What a boat. day for a scramble. Yeah. And a again, U.S. Open, Father's Day weekend, Friday scramble, 90 degrees. Uh, the beer, you can get any type of beer. It just has to be cold. The hotter the weather, the cheaper the beer. Right. Uh, not sure if this has been mentioned yet. Boy, I've got a lot of catching up to do because we're fact-based. Yeah. Uh, Bruce writes uh, from Rochester, Minnesota. Not sure if this has been mentioned yet, but I suspect that Joe's awareness of Syracuse lacrosse comes from the fact that Vince Flynn's Mitch Rapp was an All-American lacrosse player ah, at Syracuse. I, You know what? I didn't catch that. Uh, it slipped my mind. But now that you bring it up, yes, yeah. Bruce. Save that one. Okay. Remember uh, yesterday we were talking about the f- uh, Ferrari purchased for a record price, $70 million Yeah, or you're whatever, out on Ferraris. Uh, for, by the guy who uh, owns WeatherTech. Yes. And it was noted in the story about the car that a Ferrari uh, 250 GT once won the Tour de France. Yes. And I, then I poo-pooed that because I thought the Tour de France was only a bicycle race. Well, I, I agreed with you. And Ooh. Tim writes the Tour de France was indeed an automobile race. The Tour de France automobile race started in 1899, four years before the bicycle race started. The final automobile race was held in 1985, which explains why many people may not be aware of it today. Ferraris, including the Ferrari 250 GTO, won the race several times during the 50s and 60s. The race could last up to 10 days and was definitely arduous. In the 1963 race, only 31 of 122 starters made it to the finish line. In 2015, the British TV show Top Gear featured the newest Ferrari model, the F12 TDF. The F12 in the name refers to the front engine V12, and the TDF refers to, you guessed it, the Tour de France, which remains a big part of its racing legacy. Uh, Okay, then I have a question about the Tour. Boy, do you learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. I'm at fault. I didn't know the Tour de France was a car race. So what what kind of car? It wasn't just they weren't going around the oval, huh? Because no, why do they? Oh, why do these cars not make it to the finish line? I don't know, uh, but you can and over go, several days. But you can go to www.motorsport.com 
magazine.com and search for sports cars, Les Tour de France four wheels. Don't think I won't. Uh, this is, oh, remember I also was poo-pooing the term wayfair, uh, wayfinding. Yeah, wayfinding. The, uh, uh, when you get into U.S. Bank Stadium, there's a there's difficulty with what the uh, the Vikings are calling wayfinding. Right. And I get a note from Kimberly, who said, "Hello, loyal podcast listener from Iowa." Here, nice. I was listening to the show on the way to work this morning and wanted to correct the thought that wayfinding was foghornable. Wayfinding is discussed in architecture on every building, but even scales to entire cities. It is the process of how to get the occupants of the building or city to the location they need to be. This involves signs used to direct, but as well as designing the paths they will use to get there. Hmm. Imagine you walk into the hospital and have no idea where you are going. There are many pieces of information you may use to find your way, such as directional signs, but also things you may not even notice, such as colored hallways that differ from the rest of the building's color scheme or lines in the flooring that humans will naturally follow. It is actually an entire industry with many companies specializing in these designs. Hmm. Thanks for always entertaining me and my husband via podcast. My parents listened to you faithfully in the early 90s. I lost touch in my schooling years, but recently was driving with my boss, and he had your podcast on. Just the sound of your voice brought back memories. The biggest revelation, I always said, more proof of global warming, almost with the exact same intonation, after someone would talk about the weather, but never knew where it came from. I laughed out loud the first time I heard it on the podcast. Huh. Thank you. Tell everybody. If you're podcasting, tell everybody about the podcast if they can't listen live. Plus, when were we talking? Oh, I proposed, only to discover, of course, that it's already out there. Uh, that's nothing new. A good news uh, video channel, right? Uh, good deeds. Good deeds. Good deeds, yeah. Well, uh, Gordy writes, here's one for the Good News Network with video. A team of 13-year-old football players lifted a rolled-over vehicle off a woman who was trapped. Uh, uh, and he discovered this courtesy of a website called the Good News Network. <laughs> so somebody had a good idea and already they, they ran with it. Aren't I just flying through the material? Yeah, you are. I'm going to save this to ask uh, Reaver <clears throat> about it. He's in for Johnny Height today. He is. He is. Boy, Height picked a warm day. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Lucky dog, huh? Johnny Cake. And I know you're listening. Now this has gone viral. <sighs> when are we, we going to get a new word for viral? Uh, what was the word... What was the what was last year or the year before? Hubris was one that the people loved. Viral, and there's another. Why one. Why haven't we foghorned it? Viral. I guess. I guess there's really no reason to foghorn it because what other word would be inserted in place of that would be better than viral? Widely popular. That's a phrase, not a word. Though. Yeah, but viral is just one word if you try to be efficient. Right. I guess I just haven't been moved yet to foghorn it. Okay. But I'm amused that everything goes viral. The raccoon that climbed the building went viral. This is one you didn't want to go viral. And it's all over the interwebs. You can find the video of this. Commerce City, Colorado. That's out west. Winds were so strong. How strong were they? In Commerce City the other day. They launched two porta potties several stories into the air where they then dumped the contents onto the people below. 
I saw it. You remember the scene where the Wicked Witch in the Wizard of Oz leaves her fortress on her broom and zipping around? Yeah. That's just what the porta potties look like. Really? They went way <laughs> up in the air, we're zipping around, and you can see you can see matter falling okay. from them on people shrieking. Nobody got hurt. The porta potties, porta potties came crashing back to earth. And uh, having done the oh. uh, having done the destruction that they would have uh, been anticipated to do, uh, yeah, I can. It, it does. It looks like it's the the house landing on the wicked witch. That's what I meant. Yes, yeah, that's yes. what I meant. The house that lands, yeah. boom, on the wicked witch. It's exactly like uh, the farmhouse spinning around in the air in the movie. Only these are two porta potties, and unfortunately, if you look uh, closely enough, you can see that they're uh, they're losing their contents. Yeah, on the people below. I was told you you asked for me, sir. I was uh, busy talking to the three o'clock host. I didn't ask for you. I just oh. had something I wanted to bounce off. As, long as, the, as uh, long as you're here, I'm going to do it. He's seen the video of the porta potty. Oh my! Oh, I did. There's I'm another mad. one. <laughs> Dumping all the crap. Oh, oh, literally. See, I was avoiding. I was avoiding using that word. Oh, it was, all the contents. Uh, Reeves. Yes, sir. The question I had is: This caught my attention because of the extraordinary salary. Uh, through 57 games this season. Are you doing Chris Davis? Do you have it? Uh, well, I, uh, that's fine. I, I'll use it. I'll use it during the ride. Th- this floored me. Uh, through 57 games this season, Chris Davis of the Orioles is hitting 150 with four home runs and 15 RBIs while posting just a 227 on base percentage. He struck out 86 times, uh-huh. which is nearly the triple which has nearly tripled the number of hits, 31, that he's collected this season. This type of performance is not what the O's were expecting when they signed Davis to a seven-year, $161 million deal after the 2015 season. Wow. Based on his performance to date, Davis is on pace to finish the season hitting 150 with nine homers, 36 RBIs, and 211 strikeouts. Against just forty six walks, it's, that's just unbelievable. And if you you know remember that the Twins started the season against the O's in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and Buck Showalter, you know the resident genius of baseball, sure. said, "Oh, I'm going to take this guy who's supposed to be my power hitter, and I'm going to bat him leadoff." Really? And what Ooh. I find astonishing about that is, at the time he signed that contract, everybody thought, "Well, that's a lot of money." But the, the the Baltimore Orioles essentially outbid themselves because nobody else was going to pay him that ridiculous amount of money. He has another $92 million left on the contract. Yes. At the current rate, the Orioles are paying him $300,000 per hit, $638,000 per RBI, mm-hmm. and $2.5 million per home run. See you. In fact, I would say that that contract is What really, the hell kind of year did he have to induce that contract? Well, he hit a lot of home runs, but he's always ha- been a guy that's had a very low batting average. But wow. that contract, I think, is what has changed the landscape in off-season dealings with free agents, especially guys that are um, aging. Because no one is getting that kind of money anymore. Well... Unless I, you're Bryce Harper. I, I, What's the guy's name? Do I have room to do Chris I have Davis. time, Rook, to do one more minute? Yes. Reeves, it's it's been a long held theory of mine, one that I have not analyzed and have not discussed, that money is the root cause of the increase in time of a game. 
that money hmm. is the cause for the increase in the length of an average baseball what do you mean? game. In what case? Because everyone, everyone thinks they can get five years, 161 million. So every pitch is is a crisis. Uh, the batting glove has to be tightened. The pitcher has to exhale his breath because he also wants the 161 million for five years. I think you can trace the increase hmm. in the length of a baseball game to the start of free agency. Okay, but let me, I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. But what about then the, mayor, I can't the, the player that has already received that contract? What do you mean? So in other words, Chris Davis already got that life-changing money. He's still stepping out of the batter's box and adjusting that those batting gloves. Right. I, I Because that's become the norm, but it's been driven by the amount I of see. money. I see. It's been driven by the amount of money. That's not a bad theory. You know, it's, well, it's actually You're the a mayor. wonderful theory. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. I think it's exciting news. Something I've wanted for a long time is now a part of the Garage Logic website. Now you fought hard for this. Author's Corner with artwork by uh, Greg Holman. Greg. <laughs> Greg. Holcomb. Greg Holcomb. Holcomb. Now we launched it today. It's been months in the making. I can't believe the technology that had to be involved to try to mm-hmm. teach me how to post things. <laughs> uh, and it's, but it's launched today in, in very brief fashion. I have plans to expand it. And uh, it'll feature books currently on the nightstand mm-hmm. that I'm reading or getting to. And then it'll also, what, what are we calling the other segment? There'll be a more fleshed out recommendation. A featured, maybe a featured, featured books, novel. Yeah. That, and, uh, the, and the featured book right now is one that you've heard me discuss many times, Red Notice by Bill Browder. Right. And the reason I'm, I'm going heavy on books about Russia is because Russia is constantly with us in the news. And on Monday, I'm going to post four more titles uh, having to do with anyone who wants a better understanding of who we're dealing with with these corrupt people. Uh, I'm going to post four more on Monday. Today, How perfect is the photo, by the way? Oh, it's the black socks pulled up tight. Golf you mean, shoes. You mean the artwork. It's not a photo. I'm sorry. You're yeah, right. The, fo- the artwork. artwork. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and you know, it was a good point that you said that there's four up there right now, three in the nightstand and one in the featured GL, I guess, library. Right. If you hear about this, folks, uh, or hear a book mentioned, it's going to be there forever. You can scroll through it or whatever. We just wanted to put up a couple right now to get people used to the new page. It's to launch neat. it. To launch it. Yes. But I didn't even see, I didn't even <laughs> see the, the books that he has next right. to your typewriter. Right. Uh, volume one, The Collected Works of Souchere. <laughs> Waterline, yep. a book about boats, yep. and then the the how-to book of impressions. Is it by Rick? I can't see that part. By Rick? From Harlingen. From Harlingen. Got it. Got it. Got it. Inspired? Yeah. Okay. Man, he's good. Yep. He doesn't miss much. No. And uh, uh, I think it's nifty. But what you're saying, Chris, is I never have to delete anything. No. It'll be an ongoing... Yeah. It'll be an ongoing right. library of well, recommendations. We have, our our website is really cool, and the the ability to archive certain things, whether it's a post or in this case, one specific section of it, it's going to be there forever. So if you say, "Man, Joe mentioned a book 
a couple of weeks ago, or I'm just listening to a podcast from you know the end of May. Then you and can Joe go to this, a book. You can go to boom. Author's Corner and you'll find it. Yeah, that's what drove us to do this because we. If I mention a book. You guys get 12 phone calls. What was the name in the book he was talking about? Right. Or because we have so many podcast listeners, mm-hmm. we'll get an email. Hey, I, I'm just getting caught up. What's later. that bo- book mention? I'll, be like, I'll look at Rook. And the two of us will be like, I just uh, got to stare back at him. What? Right. The, uh, uh, I think we have a new record for distant podcaster. We were exposed to Dave Bliss <clears throat> this week from Bulgaria, mm-hmm. who writes uh, very well. He's a good thinker. Uh, now, uh, I can't wait to tell you about this. This is a uh, podcast listener in Hangzhou, Hangzhou, China. Please enter your current listening location. Hangzhou, China. Please try again. Hangzhou, China. They're all set. Push bin activated. Thank you. That's China. also on the website. That's right. Uh, but I don't have time right now. Right. Uh, I only have a minute. What time is it? Uh, it's 24 after. Okay, I don't have 24 time. minutes after the hour. But uh, this is a uh, an email from a scientist in China okay. who steered me to a piece from NASA's own website that completely refutes the idea that we should be alarmed by rising sea levels. From NASA, not this from a radio from talk you show You didn't host. write this. I didn't write it. doesn't come from a radio talk show host. Okay. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to discuss this. I think I'll wait till the 2 o'clock hour because I want to give it some time. Okay. Uh, but so this was from the person that was listening to the podcast in China. In China. Mm-hmm. Got this and said, hey, I want to bring this to your attention. And I'm, I, I'm thankful that I'm going to spell all that out later when we... When we man, uh, I love our listeners. We got great get to listeners. It. We do. Uh, I I couldn't agree with you more. Oh, and a prediction that I've made. Yes. About uh, uh, we're getting to the point in the workplace where you will not be allowed to talk to people. Yes, a prediction you've had for years. I'm tired of making. See these predictions. I don't want them to come true. I know you don't. But one of them just did. What? Uh, you'll have to wait. Oh, I got to wait here. So wait. there's a lot on the docket. There the really, spindle? There really is. Okay. Uh, is Reavers next? He's next. Golf.com. Commencing garage logic segment number three. Chris Reavers in the John Knight Newsroom. Thank you, Joe. And this report is brought to you by Concordia University. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at online.csp.edu. The Twins start the first of a three-game series tonight against the Tribe in Cleveland. Twins begin the series six games back of first place Cleveland. Joe Maurer is set to return after his most recent DL stint. Yesterday, the Twins, of course, sent outfielder Jake Cave to Rochester, and the big news was sending Miguel Sano to single-A Fort Myers. The Twins are 12-19 and 19 away from target field and have not won a series on the road since May 8th in St. Louis. Kyle Gibson will start opposite Indians ace right-hander Corey Kluber. First pitch tonight from Progressive Field is at 6-10. Mr. Hyde had one of these yesterday, and I found this one fascinating. Boys, on this day in MLB history, 1976. The Pittsburgh Pirates. We're not going to start doing this every day. No, but I thought you'd like this one because it's uh, 
This day in history is, uh, you know. We will do it because it's on Manny's mind. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what this. is Manny having for lunch? <laughs> Manny's midweek right. surprise. Manny's neighbor's conversation. All right, uh, Chris, uh, you, you, you can I'm have sorry. this one, but then you don't have to look I'll, for I'll these. Done. I'll be done then. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Pirates and the Houston Astros were reined in at the Astrodome. Ten inches of rain fell in the city, and only members of both teams were able to make it to the stadium. Umpires, fans, and stadium personnel were unable to do so. They were reined in. They were reined in. That's uh, at the Astrodome. They, so they did not play. They did not play. Right, and this was 1976 mm-hmm. on this day. On this day. June 15th. Did you ever cover a game at the Astrodome? Never did get into the Astrodome. I've, I've, heard, the, it, I've heard it's more rat-infested than the Metrodome could ever dream of. Well, it, it was. Uh, <laughs> they had the bad uniforms, too, down in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second round of the 118th U.S. Open going on right now. Dustin Johnson started the day tied with three others for the lead at one under par. He is now done for the day at four under par. He is four strokes ahead of Ian Poulter, uh, at least to my most recent check. He is the only player under par. Yep, Ian Poulter is even. Uh, Tiger, by the way, not looking good. He is uh, currently, he's done for the day. He's at 10 over. The projected cut right now stands at about 9 it over. Could easily, it could easily become 10 or 11, depending how these guys do all afternoon. Can you, because I'm not, can, how, does, how does the cut line work? Top 60 and ties. Okay, easy enough. Thank you. <clears throat> News notes from today. President Donald Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, is going to jail. Today, Manafort was ordered into custody after a federal judge revoked his house arrest, citing newly filed obstruction of justice charges. The move by U.S. District Judge Amy Berman Jackson made Manafort the first Trump campaign official to be jailed as part of special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Already under intense pressure to cooperate with prosecutors in hopes of securing leniency, Manafort now loses the relative freedom he enjoyed while prepared for two criminal trials in which he faces the possibility of spending the rest of his life in prison. In issuing her ruling, Jackson said that she had struggled with the decision, but she couldn't turn a blind eye to his conduct. She said, quote, you have abused the trust placed in you six months ago. A federal grand jury indicted Manafort and a longtime associate, Konstantin Kilmanik, last week on charges of obstruction of justice and conspiracy to obstruct justice, adding to the multiple felony counts that he had already faced. The charges do not relate to his work on the Trump campaign or involve allegations of Russian election interference. At least three dozen Minnesotans have become ill from two unrelated outbreaks of Cyclosporiasis, in which is uh, which is caused by a parasite found Ooh. on some imported fresh produce. One outbreak has been traced to the Sonora Grill in Minneapolis, where 17 patrons became ill after eating there in mid-May, according to the Minnesota Health Department. The second outbreak stems from veggie trays sold at Quick Trip convenience stores in Minnesota and Wisconsin. So far, 20 people have been sickened in Minnesota after buying the products at stores across the state. What's the illness called? Cyclosporiasis. Major or just regular? The inf- I, I want the regular kind. Okay, I don't want major. No. Not like dengue. Right. The infe- major dengue. The infection is caused by eating produce that is contaminated with fecal matter. I don't oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Like that. Let's clean her up. Yep. It's not spread from person to person. Washing imported produce or routine chemical disinfection or sanitizing methods are unlikely to kill the parasite. 
Symptoms typically include... It's one of those parasites that gets like six inches long and you got to pull the thing out? Gross. I have no idea, Matt. I don't really want to have that image in my hand. No. Symptoms typically include watery diarrhea, stomach cramps, do nausea, to, we don't need to know. loss of appetite, yeah. and, and weight loss. Just checking. Yeah. Major dengue. Yeah. I just want regular. I want regular. I don't want major. I don't want major dengue. The National Weather Service has issued a heat advisory for the Twin Cities metro area for this afternoon. The start of a weekend that could also deliver heavy rain and severe weather. Heat indexes expected to reach near 100 degrees prompted today's advisory, which will be in effect until 7 p.m. The advisory comes with the admonition for people to stay out of the sun, drink plenty of fluids, and if working outside, to take breaks in air-conditioned rooms. Are we uh, forecasted to have turbulent weather? Uh, I believe in the evening. I see. Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought in the evening to the early Saturday morning hours. Is Dave, well, Dave's coming right up. Right. So we'll That's true. Operation That's Stay true. Cool. That's right. Yes. Authorities in Wisconsin report two people were airlifted to Hennepin County Medical Center with severe burns and other injuries after a home explosion in Cable Township last night. In a Facebook post, the Bayfield County Sheriff's Department said a 911 call from a neighbor reported the explosion at a residence around 6 p.m. Thursday. A deputy arriving on the scene discovered the home had been occupied by two residents at the time. It had blown apart and half of it was fully engulfed in flames. Raymond Rydell was able to escape the home after the explosion. Joyce Rydell, however, had been trapped among the debris as the fire continued to spread toward her. First responders were able to pull her from the wreckage. The post said the matter remains under investigation and a cause of the explosion has not yet been determined uh you guys remember that uh <clears throat> horrible story of the former school bus driver that was convicted in a wreck that killed six children in tennessee i vaguely do we had that a couple of, mm-hmm. maybe a year or so ago mm-hmm. well <clears throat> he now faces charges of aggravated statutory rape really Jonathan walker 25 was arrested yesterday in nashville where he was free on bond while appealing his march conviction on charges of criminally ne- negligent homicide an assault in the 2016 bus, bus crash in Chattanooga. News outlets cited an arrest report that says Walker admitted having sex with a 14-year-old girl on five separate occasions. Hmm. Walker was driving 37 children from Woodmere Elementary School on a narrow winding road when he lost control of the bus. Prosecutors said that he was driving too fast and talking on his phone. Defense attorney said that he swerved to avoid another vehicle. A judge sentenced him to four years in prison. Hmm. A clarinetist has been awarded $265,000 in damages after his girlfriend sabotaged his music career by deleting an email offering him a place at his dream school and then telling him he'd been rejected. Well, that's why, cold. Why would she do that? You know the uh, the hot crazy matrix. Because mm-hmm. he would leave her uh, there in the no go zone. She's in the stay away zone. Oh, <laughs> clarinet guys, do they saxophone guys? You know, a girl could go crazy over, but the clarinet boys, yeah. listen to the detail in this story. Mm-hmm. Oh. Joe, this was in your favorite website, by the way, the London Daily Mail mm-hmm. in 2014. That, Eric, that's not my favorite website, by the way. I thought you loved that. Well, website. it's it's terribly entertaining. It's a candy store, but it's not my favorite. I'm website. sorry. Yeah. Uh, it, you're terribly entertaining in website. Yeah. Sorry. In 2014, Eric Abramovitz was 20 years old, dating Jennifer Lee, and both were studying music at McGill University in Montreal. She had just transferred from Colburn Conservatory of Music in Los Angeles, one of the country's most prestigious music programs, and he was a sophomore when they met in the fall of 2013. 
Lee spoke glowingly of the school she had left, which coincidentally had always been on his bucket list. She told him she chose to leave because she wanted to be closer to her family. After hearing her talk about it for several months, he decided to apply and, with her blessing, audition for a place in February of 2014. He planned to stay with her despite the the 2,900-mile distance and never threatened to end their relationship if he got in. He was successful and was offered a full scholarship plus room and board, which is given to all the students at the world's renowned school. The offer was made by the clarinet master in an email, which was sent to the young man's account. But the he, clarinet master. The clarinet yeah, master. Yeah. That's a, quite a title. <laughs> What's your dad doing now these He's days? the clarinet master. Oh, really? Yeah. But he never saw it because she intercepted it. Oh. Posing as her boyfriend, she then rejected the offer, responding that he would be elsewhere and deleted the chain of correspondence. Oh. Then wow. she created a fake account in the clarinet master's name and sent her boyfriend a fake email which said that he was not going to be accepted Holy into the school. Holy crap. She's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's that's called the no-go zone yeah. in the Matrix. She offered him a fictitious partial scholarship to a different school, which she knew he could not afford, then consoled him as he got over the rejection. Mm-hmm. That okay, is what you so call deceitful. She, uh, he won, she won a, he won an award of 250 but what about the school? Are they going to take him now? Uh, yes, they are going oh, to they accept are. Okay, him. Good. Okay, yeah. Dave Dahl coming up. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 92 degrees. Good. Getting close to wow. a record. I'm going to save that until next hour. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah we, we could have a record today. Um, boy, there's a really strong area of thunderstorms up to our north. It's way up around Duluth. That that could be the issue, I think, this weekend over the next couple of days. They do have uh, a flash flood watch up there because conditions are such that the thunderstorms are just going to continue to develop and ride over the same areas. This flash flood watch goes all the way through Sunday morning. Uh, that could be a really big problem for them uh, with some very, very heavy rainfall. Down here in the south, it's it's what is it, Joe? Capped. You got it. It's <laughs> so warm aloft that these thunderstorms are having trouble getting any growth at all. There are a few little thunder showers out to our west, but they're weakening as they're moving into this very hot uh, air aloft. And uh, that'll continue through this evening, I think. We have a chance of getting a light shower or a thunder shower, uh, but most of us will probably stay dry. Tonight's low, only down to 72. It's going to be a warm one tonight. Could be an isolated thunderstorm toward morning. I think most of those will stay to our north, though, north of a line from around St. Cloud all the way up through northeastern Minnesota. So from the Twin Cities area southward, pretty much just warm and steamy all the way through the night. And tomorrow's high back up to 92 degrees, 94 on Sunday. Sunday night, the cool front approaches, and that could be an issue for us. I think that's our best chance for getting some strong storms here. That'll come in late Sunday or Sunday night. And uh, once that moves through, high temperatures only in the lower 80s next week. So it gets a lot closer to average for this time of the year, and it stays that way most of next week. Again, today, Joe, going for a high probably up there around 95. And I'm going to tell you about the records coming up next hour. All right, thank you. Where do our sensibilities lie? Where do our sensibilities lie on this? Otherwise known as, how will the mayor rule? Okay. How will the mayor? Yeah, how are you going to rule on this? A dad in North Carolina bought his recently graduated son 
a high school graduate, a billboard recognizing him as valedictorian, even though the school refused to do so. Gary Allman purchased the large digital sign for his son, Josh, on U.S. Highway 264 in Wake County, North Carolina, to celebrate his four years of hard work. Okay. The proud father posted a photo of the billboard on Facebook, which reads, Joshua Allman will always be our valedictorian. <clears throat> Gary wrote, uh, Gary the dad, East Wake High School and Wake County Public School Board may not recognize Josh's hard work, but he will. Just a moment. Okay. So oh, you got a proud papa here. Puts his kid on the billboard. Dad to cough. Joshua School recently did away with naming a valedictorian and replaced it with the Latin Honors Ranking System as a better way to recognize students who may have barely missed being named valedictorian or salutatorian by several decimal places, according to the Raleigh News Observer. The entire school district announced in May it would be making the change starting next year. But according to Josh, his school decided to do it earlier. So even though Josh said his transcript shows him ranked as number one, he wasn't given the coveted title. My God. It's a stupid rule that will hurt students down the line, but it'll accomplish their goal of making everyone feel equal, he wrote on Twitter. In addition to graduating with a 5.31 GPA, Joshua participated in two sports, multiple extracurricular activities, and had a job his senior year. He even got his college tuition paid for. He attends. He plans to attend North Carolina State in the fall to study chemical engineering and paper science engineering with a minor in business. Joshua told Fox News he didn't think his dad would actually go through with the idea. I was flabbergasted when I saw the billboard and enjoyed the recognition that it gave, but it was also appreciative of the fact that it allowed for a broader message and warning to be shared, he said. He hopes the billboard will send the message to people outside the school that the policy change is affecting students. It was a public statement geared towards increasing public awareness on the negative effects that come with such policies. High-achieving students have their reputations undermined by them, he wrote on Twitter. It is impossible to compete on the national stage when your accomplishments are limited by the system you have no choice but to come through. New policies are aimed at making everyone feel as if they achieved equally. This is simply not the case. Some people work harder, he said. The billboard was on display for 10 days through June 12, the day of East Wake's graduation ceremony. Mm. Normally, I would accuse the parent of busybodiness. Yeah. But this isn't this isn't a parent suing because their kid didn't make the cheerleading team. Right. I think this is an example of pushback. They're pushing back. Yeah, I, 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 I he should. I'm. I approve of this because he also mentions not just how great my kid is. Hey, let's let people know this is out there and this is uh, this is affecting students. You know, if you missed being valedictorian by a few decimal points, you missed. Too bad you missed. You're a great kid, a good student. Still had, you still had a you still had a great grade point average, but you didn't have as great a grade point average as only the one kid in school did, and that should be acknowledged. And this kid's right. It's getting harder to compete. If the school, he's got a really great point. How are you supposed to compete on a national scale? If the schools downplay your success, if the school doesn't point. if right. the school doesn't acknowledge you as as the valedictorian, how are you supposed to compete against valedictorians that are acknowledged at other schools? Why did the valedictorian trend start? Why did can't it, have winners? Pardon? 
Why did they start to schools? Why did they start to well, not? It's all part of the self-esteem movement. You can't you can't uh, say that some kid did better than someone else because you might hurt someone's feelings. It's all B as in B S as in S, right? So in this case, you know, Dad said the hell with you, school. I'm taking out a billboard. My kid was a valedictorian. You damn well know he was. You're here, and uh, here it's all. It's right there in blinking lights for everybody in North Carolina to see. He paid for it for twelve days. Good for him. Yeah, hats I find off. no, uh, I find no problem with that. He pushed back. He's he's pushing a back against a mysterious mindset in which every outcome shall be treated equally, and that's completely the wrong way to go. Now, this is a kid where uh, chemical engineering, you said, yeah, chemical okay. engineering and, and and paper science, whatever that is. This is a this is a kid that um, uh, whatever he finds or makes or does, you know, sometimes you don't want that doctor because they. They had to go to the crying room, and they yeah. didn't want to take. I don't care. think this kid will be going to a crying. This room. kid's going to get make big time success. If I was the parent of a junior in high school right now, I'd be strongly uh, riding the kid to. Uh, if if you don't have something specific and specialized in mind that you want to achieve in college. Why in the hell even go to college? I believe that the academy is ruined. I don't believe we've been exaggerating that. Mm-hmm. But if you have a narrow niche that you want to pursue, chemical engineering and paper science, for example, well, then I suppose college is your only option. It, and it right, makes sense right, for you to do it. Right. But to go and get a sociology degree or an English degree, you know, you're going to end up doing who knows what you can find to do. And in the meantime, you'll just be, have become indoctrinated in the academy's failures. So uh, this kid, uh, this kid's got to figure it out. He's got a specialty in here, mind. Here. Valedictorian. He's the valedictorian. Here's the valedictorian. That's right. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. Excited to uh, share this news from China, and this has got this is from NASA, this not is, from Suchi. This is from NASA via China. Okay. Oh, you know what, Joe? Hey, plug time. This one. You're listening to oh, continuing yeah. coverage of Operation Stay Cool on the Garage Logic Radio Network. Oh man, I love this weather. Fifteen hundred ESPN is. KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis, it's 92. It's 